are their crosses too heavy to carry and burdens too heavy to bear? Are there heartaches and tears and anguish and no one who seems to care? Standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. He's the friend who always cares and understands. Standing somewhere in the shadows, you will find Him. And you'll know Him by the nail prints in his hand Are there shadows of deep disappointment and trusts that have proven untrue Has the darkness of night settled around you Has your hope and your faith wavered too Standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. He's the friend who always cares and understands. Standing somewhere in the shadows, you will find Him. And you'll know Him by the nail prints. As the storm overshadowed your sunshine And life lost attraction for you Have the dreams that you cherished been broken Is your soul filled with bitterness too Standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. He's the friend who always cares and understands. Standing somewhere in the shadows, you will find Him. And you'll know Him by the Thank you, Ernie and Diane. Did you enjoy the music this morning? Amen. One of the aspects of this morning's music is the exaltation of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is very, very important that we exalt Him for who He is, and He is our Savior. And boy, I am thankful for that. Well, as you turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5, last week we finished... Uh, a part of uh, the first, you have heard it said, but now I say unto you. And talking about forgiveness, talking about getting things right with our brothers. Sometimes we think in ourselves, well, he just doesn't deserve that. Now you take those words to yourself. Do you think you deserve salvation? No. Do we deserve God's forgiveness? No. You know, and that is where we need to consider in this special uh, commission to all of us, is that is to forgive one another, even as Christ has forgiven you. We talked about that in great detail. Uh, Before I go on to the next, you've heard it said, the, the next one is the second of six. All right, so we'll try to cover it in its entirety this morning. But before I do, many of you are aware, and I've read some of the uh, correspondence, that uh, several years ago, about three years ago, in fact, actually it was three years ago uh, this month or next month, uh, 
that uh, the property that we were going to buy was vandalized. How many knew that? Uh, most of you did. Now, maybe some of you didn't realize that it was to a tune of over $200,000 when all said and done. And many of you are aware that uh, last year we received a letter back in March from the gal that was caught uh, there by the police. Uh, she was not able to get out before the police got there, though uh, some of the other perpetrators did get away. And while she had been in uh, prison and up in uh, the uh, Wilsonville prison, she wrote a letter to our church, and she says, People of, um, of Westside Baptist, and she gives her name, Pat, and uh, she says, and I like what she says. She says, I am responsible for the destruction of your building that you had purchased to become your new church. It has been two years since I was arrested for that crime, and I cannot go on one more day without an opportunity to express my deepest apologies for what I have done. I am so very ashamed of myself and my actions. The lifestyle I was living was out of control and very destructive and dangerous to the community. Eight years I lived in my addiction and caused havoc on my family and everyone I have come in contact with. I am so very sorry. So she wrote this letter back in March, and we received it by uh, some folks uh, that were at the, uh, uh, the Lane County prison or jail. Uh, and uh, so I was able to write back, and I says, Pat, of course, we forgive you. And I says, you know, you uh, were a part of this, but yet God was even a greater part of this. In that through it, it actually has turned out to be a blessing to our church. As many of you know, I was hoping that we'd just be able to go in, slap some paint on the building, and maybe change the carpets out if we couldn't get the cigarette smell out of them. But has this project turned into something much bigger? And God knows about all those things. And um, hopefully this year, before it ends, we'll be in that building. And um, I thank the Lord. So I wrote her that. That, uh, of course, we forgive you. And uh, I'm uh, hoping to send her a picture of what's there now and it all. But in um, August of last year, she wrote back and she said, Thank you so very much for your letter. I cannot put into words the healing and the joy it brings to my heart to know that you forgive me. I have fully given my heart to Jesus Christ. She has come to know Jesus Christ as her Savior. I have uh, given my life to Christ, and I am amazed at how He is moving in my life. Pastor Kaminsky, you told me in your letter that you hope I will grow my life while I'm here. I just want you to know that God is growing me in His grace. I am a new person. Doesn't that just thrill your heart? That's God's forgiveness. And in the process, I've been able to write back to her. And, and uh, she, she wrote back in December of uh, this past year. She says, thank you so much for your recent letter. Even more, thank you for reaching out to me during this holiday season. This is a hard time of year to be alone. I am so blessed to be able to correspond with all of you. I uh, do struggle with guilt and shame of my past. Uh, I feel unworthy of forgiveness. Um, and I wanted, but I want to write and, and uh, to keep in this correspondence. She says, God is doing amazing things with me through my uh, anticipation class. I'm learning how to have Christ be the center of every area of my daily life. And he is teaching me so much about faith obedience, trust, love, and so much more. This is the first time in my entire life I have felt complete and made whole. I've made peace and joy in my heart that I never had experienced before. I love my Savior with all my being. She concludes the letter by saying, I would love the opportunity to come to Westside Baptist and give my testimony upon release. We serve an amazing God, and I can't wait to serve Him by sharing how He saved my life and gave me a future and a hope.
Amen and amen. And in this process, she says, uh, Pastor, she says, I have decided I want to tithe to Westside Baptist Church while I'm in prison. And isn't that amazing uh, that she has got gained ownership of that and she wants uh, to share her life and grow her life and all because of forgiveness. The forgiveness that she has experienced in her own, own heart of her sins. And if you have not experienced forgiveness in your own heart by Jesus Christ, then I would encourage you to do so. Because when you experience forgiveness in your heart from what God has given to you, then you can forgive yourself. You know, it comes first. God accepts me. Then I can accept me. Then I can accept others and get on with this journey of forgiveness. And I hope that you've gained ownership of that. Now, this morning, we're going to go into this next uh, place. But before we do so, I'd like to just pray for Pat. How about, would you like to pray with her and maybe in some ways encourage her? We have a church up there in Wilsonville. We're going to have uh, go visit her and everything and all that. And let's also pray for our dear sister, Alicia. As uh, many of you know, she's going to be going on hospice. And uh, we're praying for uh, her uh, surgery this Friday, I believe it is. Is that right, Rose? That Friday's her, her surgery. And so let's pray for these folks as we get into the message. Lord, we've got a lot of ground to cover this morning, but we want to stop and pause. One, to examine our own hearts, to make sure that we have forgiveness in our own hearts, that you have forgiven us of the penalty of sin, the eternal penalty of sin, and that we are being, have been born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, we can't even imagine how much you love us by sending your Son to die on the cross so that we could have forgiveness. Now, Lord, forgive us of any act of unkindness or uh, unforgiveness that we might harbor in our lives. And, and Lord, uh, what a blessing it is that, that uh, Pat has uh, re- received forgiveness of her sins. And not only that, but we've been able to acknowledge uh, that forgiveness on our part of what has been accomplished over there and how you've actually used that for your good. And, Lord, not only just the good of a building, but a good of a soul. And that is even greater, and that's what it's all about, Father. We're grateful for that. And we do pray for our dear sister Alicia this morning as well, and others for, uh, that we've heard of this, Matthew uh, Hiller, uh, Bev's nephew, and, and then, Lord, for uh, Mrs. Purrington's uh, uh, family and, and all. And, Lord, just uh, as we, we come this morning, we've been able to bask in the sunshine of fellowship and love, but there are people not able to be here this morning. We just pray for them. Now pray for understanding as we get into the Scriptures. Help me to know how to handle this accordingly and appropriately. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, Adultery in your heart. I'm sure many of you, because you've grown up in church or been at Westside, you've heard uh, this passage before. But there are many people who are unaware of this passage. Let's begin reading in Matthew chapter 5, verse 27. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old times, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and uh, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell." Now, there's some strong language there, some very strong language there. And um, as we get into this, uh, we talk about the blessing of marriage. Amen to that? The blessing of marriage. Now, I had my wife gone for just two and a half weeks, and I'll tell you what, I uh, God allowed that time, especially in my heart, to help me understand how much I miss my wife. And I am so thankful for marriage And I'm thankful for the the treasure of it. But today, marriage is being altered by definition. And people are cheapening uh, marriage by premarital sex. 
Now, we talk much about uh, uh, the things. In fact, tonight we're going to be voting on our Constitution changes, and, and people have spent a lot of time in this to get the wording and things that are changing in our society so people understand where Westside Baptist Church stands. Westside Baptist Church stands on the Word of God. And if this is what God says, we are not going to alter it. I don't know how many of you maybe heard David Jeremiah this morning, but he had an amazing message this morning, which talked about how that the Bible is being marginalized in our society. And not only marginalized in our society, but also in the churches. If this is what God says, this is what we must put our feet upon and stand upon the authority of God's word. And so as we get into the definition of marriage, Genesis right there in the beginning, verse 2, chapter uh, 2, verse 24 says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be what? One flesh. There is so much significance in this. The idea of cleaving is being glued together. Glued together, not ever to be separated until death do us part. Amen to that? We've gotten away from that principle. We've gotten away from the principle of one flesh. And why it is so important to encourage our young people to keep themselves pure until their weddings. Do you know how many people today go to their weddings pure in America? Only 3%. Only 3%. And, you know, the Bible talks about that purity and talks about how important that is. But yet people today are cheapening what God has given as a gift. And I want to encourage you that we encourage our young people to develop core values and begin with the end in sight. What kind of marriage do you want to have? And so important. I'm thankful that in the church that it's higher than 3%. Praise God for that. But we cannot brag even in the church because I believe in the church it's only like 20%. And so it is. Uh, Hollywood is cheaping it. And, you know, we talk about the change in morality today and everything. Uh, And what has happened is Hollywood is putting so much in front of our our, our faces today in, that is immoral. And in fact, even Hallmark, even Hallmark is changing some of those things. So just understand that it's out there. It's pervasive. Uh, there are several uh, statistics out there of uh, 1,500 hours of sexual references that uh, come in, in our society. I'll talk about some of these t- statistics and, and everything uh, uh, like that. But uh, we need to help our young people understand truth. Uh, Hosea 4, 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of what? Lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the laws of thy God, I also will forget thy children. It is very important that the word of God be preached. And some of the things I'm going to talk about this morning, I hope appropriately before a mixed crowd this morning, uh, we will understand some of the devastation that is taking place in our society Proverbs 1, 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. We do not need to be foolish in what we're talking about and what wisdom should be given to us from our parents, from the Word of God, and from those who teach God's Word. Now, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4, that marriage is what? Honorable. The word honorable comes from the Greek word which means precious. Marriage is very precious. This is the first gift uh, that God basically gave to man was that he should not be alone and that he should have a, uh, a helpmeet. And God created woman. You know the story there. 
and all. And how wonderful it was for that first uh, institution to be established. And he gives that there in Genesis chapter 2. But over time, it has been cheapened and, and all. And we talk about homosexuality. We talk about the things that are going on. My heart grows ill with the things that are being socially accepted today and even championed today. But I want to get down to the brass tacks of things, that there are things that go on in the churches that is as abominable as these things that we would vote against. And that is premarital sex. And what we're going to get into this morning is this area of pornography. All right. And as I get into some of these things this morning, we have a problem. And that problem is the view of sex today and it has lost its healthy view of what the Bible describes. And oftentimes we are being educated by our sex education classes, by Hollywood, by our friends, rather than by the Word of God. Uh, I was uh, sent some information, coincidentally, by a pastor that I had preached this message to his men up in um, Tualatin. And he sent me uh, some information that Chuck um, Swindoll, he's actually going to be having a conference on this. And it's sponsored by Covenant Eyes. Covenant Eyes is a... Um, uh, an online support accountability to monitor what people are seeing on their computers. We all understand today that uh, pornography is accessible, it's affordable, and it's anonymous. We understand that very much. They say that every second, every second of the day, 28 1,258 people view pornography every second. They say that 47% of families are affected by pornography. 40 million Americans are addicted to pornography. They say every second, $3,075 is spent on pornography. Every second. It's hard to imagine these statistics. But maybe this might surprise you. When they did a survey, and I'm not sure who did the survey, but this was on Chuck Swindoll's uh, notes. He said that 56% of teenagers and young people consider it wrong not to recycle, while 32% said it was wrong to be involved in pornography. Twice as many, almost twice as many teenagers feel it's wrong not to recycle than to be involved in pornography. Do you think we might be missing something in our educational system today? In fact, when you pick up the newspaper or you watch the news, what are they emphasizing? You know, I went and spoke at a meeting where I said, you know, if we want to get to the core of the child abuse and the family problems, why don't we address pornography? And I was almost thrown out of that meeting and told that I didn't have a right to view my opinion. Why is it that we don't want to get down to the core of the problem? And we're going to talk about what problems are involved there, but let's go into these verses. I personally believe that any addictions, and we can talk about any addictions this morning, and that can be, uh, that can be lust, uh, as it's described here. It is, is actually an addiction of selfishness. Would you not agree? I mean, we need to understand that pornography is self-centered and, uh, and lust and, and many addictions are, are me-oriented and, and acts of the flesh when the flesh takes over. He says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And so it shouldn't surprise us that Hollywood and all these things have these as a philosophy. This is a part of the world. This is a part of Satan's uh, attacks. This is a part of what the flesh wants to respond to. He says, if, the, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. 
And oftentimes we do not get uh, answers and solutions to our problems because of pride that's in our lives, admitting that there's a problem. Romans 7, 5 talks about this struggle that the flesh has and that the passions of the flesh or the passions, emotions, passions of sin is it is they're aroused by the law. They worked into our members uh, that we have, our body. When you are born again, we've said this time and time again, your soul is saved. You're, you're, you're given a new spirit, a brand new uh, life in Christ, but your flesh is still hanging on and it wants to respond to the, the don'ts of life. It gets enticed by, well, if I'm not supposed to do that, just like a little child or something, well, I'm going to go find out what's in that cookie jar because mom told me not to get in that cookie jar. And so it is that the law doesn't give strength to the spirit, but the law actually shows us what's right and wrong. And if we begin to too often to focus on the rights and wrongs, we often forget about what strength we have in Christ, because it is God who enables us to overcome any addictions in our lives. We've been talking about this on Wednesday nights, about spiritual warfare and sanctification. And I would encourage you, we've been recording many of those now and putting them online. Is that correct, uh, Lucas? Uh, Several of them are being put online, and I'll refer to a few things this morning. He says in Romans 7, 13, Was then that the law, uh, excuse me, was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. That idea again, that if I focus on, man, I can't have pornography and I I can't eat chocolate. You know, every time I go on a diet, you know when I'm the most hungry is when I go on a diet. And, and, And so when we tell ourselves, you know, stay away from it, stay away from it, stay away from it, it actually causes you to focus on it. And what we need to do is change our focus to Jesus Christ. And we're going to give you some real solutions to this. Lord willing, hopefully this, this morning or, 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 or next week, we'll, 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 we'll see how far, far we get this morning. Don't airbrush the apple. Don't airbrush the ap- apple. Uh, then we get into our, our text this morning, Matthew chapter five, verse 28. All right. So as we go back to the text now, it says, but I say unto you, now who's talking there? Who's talking? Jesus is what, what sermon is he given here? The sermon on the Mount. All right. He says, I say unto you, whosoever looketh, there are three words for look. This particular Greek word is the idea of looking without discernment. Looking without discernment. In other words, you're not even thinking about what you're looking at, but then all of a sudden you look at it. And then the idea of the word here is uh, it it also can be to aim or to, to direct your attention to aim or direct your attention. And there are things today that causes a man to direct his attention, ladies. Do we understand that? All right. So this is idea. Whoever looks upon a woman with uh, 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 to lust uh, uh, after her hath committed adultery in her heart, uh, has already committed adultery in her his heart or her heart, uh, all right, whichever case that, that might be. All right, and so with the mind and with the heart, uh, these things are taking place. In Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, it says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, uh, the idea there in the Hebrew is so he will become. Truly, there is a difference by what goes on in our hearts and the actions that take place outside. And so it's not to minimize, but God does look at the heart, doesn't he? And he is bringing this down to the heart of the matter. And it all sin begins in the heart and it begins in the mind. And as Proverbs says here, then these actions start playing out. Affairs taking place, divorce uh, 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 adultery and and uh, uh, and all these other things, child abuse and pornography, and it becomes into this uh, special part of addiction. 
The Bible says, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. They're thinking about the things of the flesh. Again, I've preached a message on what's the difference between our mind and our heart. Our mind is our receptor. And it is still, by the way, part of the flesh. We've been talking about renewing the mind, renovating the mind, getting rid of the old garbage and trash cans of our mind and putting in its place the good stuff. Because the mind, as it's the receptor, and through our eyes and through our ears and our senses, comes into our heart, which is our reservoir. And our reservoir becomes where we treasure things of our life. And the Bible says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the heart are the issues of life. And you, my friend, and I will become what we are in our hearts of what we've stored. So I want to encourage you here on these verses. It's so much a part of what we've been dealing with and talking about and and everything. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. Unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. How much better is it? I've been memorizing Psalm 100 and and those things. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. You know, this Psalm 101, I would encourage you to maybe jot down on your notes this verse because it's giving you some real solutions here. And this idea of praise in the Lord. I'm going to lift up my eyes. I'm going to keep aware of my relationship with the Lord. I'll behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave, glue to me, become an addiction. Interesting word. By the way, when we says. Uh, marriage is honorable and all, uh, and the bed undefiled. Uh, then he says, whoremongers. Do you know what the word whoremonger comes from? Porneas. Porneas. All right, which is a forms, all forms of evil. And it can be in all different fashions of evil and all. So we fill our minds with that which is right. We walk in integrity in the privacy of our homes. I've preached a message having integrity in the, in the seen and the unseen world, understanding that God sees us in both places. And in the unseen world, there's filled with demonic spirits and angels that are there viewing what you're viewing. We need to understand those aspects. Ecclesiastes 7.26, I discovered that a seductive woman is a trap more bitter than death. I'm glad we got one amen on it. (laughs) By the way, who, who wrote Ecclesiastes? Solomon. Richest man, had a thousand wives and concubines. He's writing this. A seductive woman is a trap more bitter than death. Her passion is a snare. Her soft hands are chains. Those who are pleased to God will escape her. I like that. But sinners will be caught in her snare. You know, I said at the very beginning that it is your selfish love that brings us, and my selfish love that brings us into things that are damaging and hurtful. May I say it is our love for God that brings us out of those things? It really becomes down to a love question. In, in Ezekiel twenty three fourteen, it says, Then she carried her prostitution even further. She fell in love with pictures that were painted on a wall. Pictures of Babylonian military officers outfitted in striking red uniforms. Does what a person wear cause problems? Yes or no? Should we consider those things? Hosea 2 2 says, But how, but excuse me, I wish I could read better. But now bring charges against Israel, your mother, for she is no longer my wife. That's interesting. The book of Hosea is quite an interesting passage. Really, of God's mercy and grace to Israel as they went a whoring after strange gods. And I am no longer her husband. Tell her to remove the prostitute's makeup. From her face and the clothing that exposes her breast. 
How many knew that was in the Bible? By the way, that's from the New Living Translation. Interesting how it brings this up to understand it to our terminology today. Isn't that correct? Can makeup be seductive? I remember when I first got saved, Dr. Walter Fremont was the director of the camp. And he'd get up there and he would preach on Proverbs 5, 6, and 7, which is talking about the strange woman. And it's interesting how it talks about the strange woman. And by the way, that is a father talking to his son. And it talks about as an ox goes to the slaughter. Strong language there. Strong language. A great passage. And, and, uh, and he says, you can't know her. You can't know the strange woman intimately. That's why when it talks about this intimate relationship in marriage and you become one flesh, do you know what? We've lost the understanding of what that means. And he says, boys, he says, stay away from the strange women who bat their eyebrows at you. And I'll tell you what, as a 15-year-old, that made an impression on me. Something's got to make an impression on our young people. Something has to make an impression on our young people. Lord, help us. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Is that a true statement? You know, every statement in God's Word is true. Isn't that true? We need to understand this. Let's not marginalize God's Word today in, in living together outside of wedlock and, and premarital relationships and all these things. Understand how damaging it is to your life. And I'm glad we have a God of mercy and grace. And many have failed in their lives. And God still saves us. Amen to that. In fact, that's what He saves us from. He saves us from sin. He saved us from the power of sin. And now, my friend, as a born-again believer, you have been saved from that power of sin. And we can rejoice. And God forgives as far as the east is from the west our sins. And amen. And amen. Someone came to church and there was a a woman that had been a prostitute and she got saved. And uh, another lady in the church went up to the preacher and says, Pastor, that woman has a past. That's exactly what the pastor said. He says, did you know that we all have a past? Praise God for that. Praise God. There's not a person in this room that I'm not addressing. Jesus Christ gets right to the heart of the issue. And he says, if you've looked upon another of the opposite sex, basically, you know, it oftentimes brings it in the male-female situation. But if you've looked at the opposite sex and lusted after that person in your heart, you have committed adultery in your heart. By the way, that's one of the things that we use in helping people to understand that they're a sinner. You know, you go talk to people and say, hey, are you going to heaven? Yeah. How do you know you're going to heaven? Well, I'm in a good person. Well, let's find out how good you are. Have you ever lied? <gasps> Have you ever stolen? <gasps> Have you ever used God's name in vain? <gasps> Have you ever looked upon another with lust? <gasps> you know, by your own words, you're a lion, thieving, blasphemous, adulterer. How do you think God looks at that? That's why he sent his son to die on the cross to forgive us. Amen and amen. He gets to the heart of this issue and he's telling us, don't be deceived, though. God loves us and he wants to be honest with us. And as parents, we should be honest with our children. Jeremiah, you're going to find here that preachers, prophets would not stand up and tell the congregation the truth. He says they have beliled you. In other words, they've denied the truth and they've lied to you. 
It is not he, neither shall evil come upon us, neither shall we see sword nor famine. They were minimizing God's judgment that was going to be coming because of their uh, sexual immorality and primarily their idolatry. They had taken in uh, other gods into Israel and they said, oh, don't worry about it. Nothing's going to happen to you. And that's what's being said today, time and time again, which is a lie that started where? Right in the garden. You're not really going to die. You're not really going to have problems with this. How much better would it be not to start the addictions of our life by never engaging in those? How about alcohol? Smoking. All those things that take ownership of our lives and things like that. I was going to say chocolate, but I might be stepping on too many toes right there. huh? But you know what? I have to be honest with myself. Whatever habits I've established in my life, I need to be careful that I have one Lord in my life. He's to be my Lord and He's to be a master. And it says all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. He says, Paul says in Corinthians, I'll not be brought under the power of these things. And I'll tell you what, Satan has a way of bringing these things into power. He says, the prophets shall become wind and the word is not in them. Thus shall it be done. Unto them. In other words, judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. Marriage is honorable. It's precious. The bed is undefiled. And that word undefiled, I believe, uh, where did I write down what that, that word is? It's not deformed. It's not deformed is the idea. But pornographers, it's what it is actually, whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. And there is a judgment on this. And let me just give you uh, the real problem. The real problem is this stuff gets in your head. This stuff gets in your head. And oftentimes we will we'll all say, well, we know pornography is wrong and things like that. I want to give you some statistics of what happens when people engage in illicit thinking. And it can be any kind of illicit thinking. Uh, the wrong kind of thinking can bring discouragement, Right. The wrong kind of thinking can cause you to be bitter in your heart. And all kinds of this negative devil thinkings or lustful thinkings or prideful thinkings. You can think that, hey, I'm too, I'm too good to fall. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Let me just give you a few of the statistics of what happens in a person's mind. They say that when pleasures are aroused in a person's mind, there's a chemical called dopamine that is uh, given in the mind and vasopressin. Uh, is given in the mind. And where it says that these things we will be judged, they say, uh, from those that study the mind and the chemicals of the mind, they say that these chemicals are giving your mind an addiction as strong as cocaine. Now you ponder that. Strong as cocaine. Vasoprin is actually the bonding uh, chemical or the gluing chemical. Remember when I read there in Genesis chapter 2, it says, and they shall cleave together, they shall be glued together. I was going to do a study on this, and I didn't. Maybe next week I can uh, get this up. But what is the real results of people living together before marriage? What is it that we will have a relationship with one and another person or another person or pornography or however it fits in there? Guess what happens? The gluing agent becomes weakened. If I took a piece of tape and I stuck it on Bob's forehead and I stuck it then on on Laura's forehead and then Mike's forehead and then Mike's... No, you're not Mike. You're Wayne's forehead and, and Mike's forehead and, and this brother's forehead and this sister's forehead. And What is going to happen to that piece of tape as I keep on rolling down this thing? It loses its stickiness. And you know, people have a hard time, have a hard time bonding, have a hard time bonding. They say that a person that has uh, gotten into uh, even a divorce, and they say that 50% of America, even higher now, has gotten a divorce. They say 80% of those people will have another divorce. 
They're losing their bonding. Now, can those things be repaired? Yes or no? Yes, they can, by God's grace and God's mercy. And we have some real solution, which we'll have to come back next week for. How's that sound? Let me just finish this, though. And, 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 and there are real solutions, but you're going to have to come uh, back next week. So they're losing the glue. There's depression. There's guilt. There's low self-worth that comes in. There's hopelessness with fear, guilt and shame, financial problems, eating disorders, uh, uh, losing insight. Uh, they say that a person that's involved in pornography has twice, as, uh, 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 twice the problem with depression and seven times more likely to commit suicide. And we know about anger and jealousy and all those things. And how about sexually transmitted diseases? You know what is amazing that if a husband and wife have been monogamous to each other, they don't get sexually transmitted diseases. So where do sexually transmitted diseases come from? Where did AIDS come from? You see what I'm getting at? And you know what? Do you think that that's being taught in our public schools today? You know, sometimes I question... The Bible says it's better a millstone be hung upon a person's neck than to offend these little ones. People need to hear the truth. Uh, the consequences of addictions. It also desensitizes a view towards women and anger. And, and, and uh, pornography is an addiction. You become desensitized, bored, seeking more perverse, higher Tolerances towards abnormal sex activities, including rape, sexual aggression, uh, promiscuousness, long um, uh, consumptions uh, produce stronger motions of that women are just commodities. Do you think that pleases God? We know it doesn't. But you know what? So often when we look at our society, do we see these results? We do. You know, and I don't know what it is. You know, we're living in a society uh, that is trying to champion women's positions. But yet these same politicians are not getting up and saying how cheap it makes women pornography. And how cheap it is that we as men would view pornography and how it changes our view towards the opposite sex. Are these real problems? They are. And guess where they land? And as a man thinks in his heart, so he'll become. Now, do you want to know what the solution is? Come back next Sunday. All right, next Sunday. Real. I think I put it up there. Real solutions. And I'm going to tell you something. Such wonderful solutions that will help build your marriage. And I'll just give you a little precursor into it. If... Any type of addiction is feeding the flesh. The Bible says, if we walk in the spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You can come on Wednesday night, too, and catch some of those tail ends or go online and hear some of those. Say, I'll not be back next, next Sunday. We got a potluck next Sunday. Praise the Lord for that. You can always get it online and listen to it. Because I believe there are real solutions. Now, this morning, I presented real problems. Real problems. I was exposed to pornography as a 10-year-old. And by the way, they say between 10 and 13 over, I, I, I maybe lost sight of this statistic, but 50 to 70% of, of that, that formative years are exposed to pornography. But there are real solutions you come back next week, will you? Father, I pray that as we finish up our, 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 our lesson today, and Lord, this is, uh, I would think that most men here, if we grapple with lust and pleasures and things like that, that we come to terms with it. And most of us would understand uh, these problems. But maybe this morning we've uh, come to, to understand why we might be having struggles in other areas of our lives and, and maybe not got down to the core of these things, which is really the flesh. And I'm glad that when we got saved, the flesh was cut off. It was circumcised. But it's still hanging around trying to knock on our door to get us defeated and discouraged. And I dare say that Satan's ploy is to get 
uh, people to feel impotent so that they don't serve God. They don't feel like they're, they can serve you. And truly, Father, we can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth us. And even though this addiction can come into our souls and our minds like cocaine, there are real deliverances. And I pray that, Lord, that you will help us now as we look at those next week and we ponder those things. And that, Lord, that you will just speak to our hearts And whatever those addictions is, we talked about pornography today, but it could be alcohol, it could be smoking, it could be eating, it could be uh, depression, it could be whatever we've allowed our minds to to run the, the ruts of anger or unforgiveness or whatever it might be, that we've got into the habits of these thinking processes that are so destructive. Lord, I believe that next week we can hear real solutions for uh, this. And I pray that you'll bring folks back and bring folks in to hear the answer that's found in the Scriptures. Now this morning, it is an invitation time. But I think one of the biggest things that we started off with is forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And I don't want anyone to leave this morning without realizing that God forgives. Amen and amen and amen and amen. The average person committed three sins a day. That's a thousand sins a year. The average here would be about 65,000 sins on your record already. And God wipes it away. And we can say thank you. And I would hope that your heart is grateful that we have a forgiving God. But maybe you've not accepted him as your savior. Then why not today put your faith in him today? And accept Him as your Savior. Oh yes, we need to feel guilty of our sins. And God can bring us to that guilt by understanding the law. The law shows us that we're guilty. But it's only Jesus Christ that saves us. You can't be good enough to go into heaven. Only Jesus. And many of us know here this morning what we've done after we've been saved and how much God forgives us of after we've been saved and God saved us in spite of all of that. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray that you'll help us now as we come to this invitation. There's someone here that needs Jesus. There's someone here that needs deliverance from bondages. I, I would think that probably everyone in this room has some type of bondage. Lord, help them to identify so that they can get correction in the right paths. And Father, maybe they're not dealing with pornography, but maybe they're dealing with some other area. I pray that, Lord, that you'll just help us all to be freed from the the shackles. We have been freed. We have been freed. That's our position in you. Help us to recognize that. And we'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.